You're listening to the Blended Family Blueprint 5-Day Challenge for Stepmoms. Thank you for tuning in to the replays of this event. As you know, these episodes will only be available for a very limited time. So if you do have the opportunity to binge them all, make sure you do that before the episodes disappear. If you would like to join our exclusive Facebook group and get access to the companion worksheets and all of that other good stuff, you can find the link to register in the show notes of this episode or on the bio link in my Instagram at the step queen. It's totally free for a limited time only and we have had some amazing results already. So I will see you in there. Happy listening. Enjoy. All right. Let's rock and roll. Um, happy hump day. Happy Wednesday. Happy day three of the Blended Family Blueprint, day three of five. Um, if you are joining us live, then please go ahead and say hello and let me know where you're tuning in from, what you're the most excited about for today's topic. Um, if you are catching the replay, as always, go ahead and let me know with the word replay, type replay. If you're tuning in from the podcast on the replays, hello to you too. We are officially at the midway point of our five days together. Good morning, Amanda. <clears throat> Excuse me, I have a frog in my throat. <clears throat> we are officially, hold on, I'm going to take you on a tangent. I just thought, oh, I have a frog in my throat because Rory, my preschooler, he's three. Rory turned me into a frog this morning. He had a his magic wand. He turned me into a frog. Obviously, it worked. So, anyway, this is that was the that was the narrative in my head. Okay, so as I was saying, we are at the midway point of our five days together. Um, and before we get into the exercise for today, I want to start by acknowledging you for being here. Um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to work as a step family counselor, specifically with stepmoms for long enough now to know that there are two types of stepmoms. There's this type of stepmom who gets stuck in this place of like wanting to point fingers and blame everybody else in her step family for the way she feels. Um, the type of stepmom who doesn't take any responsibility for the way her life looks uh, who chooses to stay in this place where growth and healing is impossible, not looking for resources, not looking for growth. And then there's the type of stepmom that you, right there, sitting there, listening to these words coming out of my mouth, are showing me that you are. And this is the type of stepmom who does the work to make life better, not just for you, but for your partner, for the rest of your step family. You sitting there listening to these words on day three, you're showing me that you are, you know, over beyond just wanting to wish for a better life. And you're actually ready to create one. You're taking the steps necessary to create one. You know, you aren't so proud to think that you have to struggle through your blending process on your own and you know when to reach out and ask for help. 
And I know that that's you because you're here at this halfway point. You're ready. You're willing to create this fairy tale life that you know you're so worthy of. And I really want to acknowledge that. I want to acknowledge you and celebrate you for being here because most folks don't. Most folks don't do that. Most folks don't give themselves that gift. So it's unfortunate, you know, that you're in the minority. And the reason that most stepmoms won't do this work and the reason that one reason anyway that, you know, two in every three step families fail is because folks aren't willing to like take a look at themselves and ask the question, how can I take charge of my life? How can I do what's necessary to create this life that I love living, regardless of what the ex or the in-laws or the kids are saying or doing? So snaps to you. Give yourselves a round of applause, pat on the back, give yourself a hug, whatever you want to do. High five each other. High five yourselves. You're winning. You're already a different person than you were two days ago. Like, isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible that you can change that quickly? That taking these little tiny steps changes who you are as a person and the way that you show up in the world. Like, that's so awesome. So I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I hope that you're proud of you. You're super awesome go-getters. So let's hit up today's pillar. Okay. Um, so today's domain of wellness is probably one of the most hot button issues in step families. And if you checked your email, you probably already know that we today are talking about cash money payment. Money, 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 honey. So in like clinical speak, we would term this pillar to be financial wellness. Okay, financial wellness. So if you pull out your worksheet from your email or that you can find in this group, the same worksheet that we've been using through the last couple of days, then right there at the top where it says domain, Today, we're going to be focusing on financial, financial wellness. So you can write that right up there at the top, financial wellness. Now, what does financial wellness include? Financial wellness includes money management, financial stress, your thoughts about money, AKA how often you are thinking about your finances, your current income, your household income, your personal debt, your household debt, your contribution or your feelings about child support and or spousal support. Big, hot topic extra expenses that maybe you contribute to like clothes for the kids or school fees or extracurriculars for the kids. Financial wellness also includes things like wealth accumulation and investments. Okay. That includes your money story or in other words, the relationship that you have with money and where that came from your past right? What you learn to be true about money that might not be true, but is still impacting the way that you show up today with money. Financial wellness also includes, you know, your thoughts about costs versus investments. Okay. The cost of something, if you only are only looking at the cost of something versus whether it's an investment, it's going to have a long-term return. 
So when you're filling in your current reality, I want you to ask yourself questions like, you know, on a scale from one to 10, how well, how healthy, how supported do I feel in this domain, in this pillar of financial wellness, one to 10? Then ask yourself questions when you're reflecting on your current reality. Ask yourself questions like, you know, do you avoid or do you invite conversations about money with your spouse? Or is this like a don't ask, don't tell kind of situation with money? Do you avoid or do you invite questions about money with yourself? Right? Do you like not go into your checking account because you don't want to see how much is there or not there? Um, ask yourself questions in your current reality. You know, what do you believe about money? Do you believe that people are always trying to take it from you? That it's hard to make? That there's never enough no matter how much there is? Or do you feel like money's everywhere? Money's easy to make. Money's easy to attract. Do you, and, and I'm going to ask this question specifically because this is kind of like a, a pretty universal feeling with stepmoms at some point. Do you feel personally victimized, personally attacked, personally victimized is the best word I can think of, by child support or spousal support payments and responsibility. Do you blame your step family for your financial situation? It's okay if you do. A lot of us do. I did for a very long time. When you spend money, you know, in your current reality, when you do spend money, do you allocate it to things that would be considered investments that would have a long-term return on your wellness? Or do you spend it on things that you think will make you feel better in the short term, but don't have a long-term return on investment? You know, like how much money are you spending on Amazon every month? How many like impulse purchases are you making stuff that collects that doesn't really have a long-term return on investment? Clothes. I was a clothes impulse buyer for a very long time. So like when I ask that question, it's like, in other words... Hey, buddy. I'm working, sweetheart. You want to say hi? Hi. Hi. Huh? <laughs> Where's your... Here, go on out. Go see your daddy. I love you. I'll be done soon. Thanks for waiting. <laughs> um, where was I? Oh, talking about investments. So do you spend, you know, a couple hundred dollars on a meal at a restaurant? Like, no problem. But you're like, ooh, therapy? That's too expensive. A couple hundred bucks on therapy? That's way too expensive. But you'll go out for dinner or go out for drinks or whatever with the same amount of money, right? That would be like a cost versus investment conversation. Do you have these conversations in your head with yourself? You know, like, is this going to have a long-term return on what I'm spending this money on? Or is it just going to make me feel better in the short term? And both are okay, right? It's just like the conscious awareness of, of what these conversations are in your mind. So your current reality. 
And then we're going to move on to the next box. In a perfect world, what would your financial situation look like? What would your personal income be in a perfect world? What would you be willing to contribute as far as finances to your step family? How often would you think about money? How much brain power would you be giving to money in a perfect world? How would you feel about money? What would you do with your money? When you're making, when you're making your ideal dream income, what will you be doing with your money? You know, financial wellness specifically is this area that a lot of people know what they do not want, but literally have no idea what they do want, right? Like when it comes to finances, the vast majority of people have no clue what their ideal income is. They just know it's like more than what I'm making right now. And more than that, they're not really sure what they would do with that money once they reach this level of income. Like, be honest here. You can answer in the chat if you want to. But like, how many times have you been like, I need to make more money. I need to make more money. I want to make more money than I'm making right now. Have you ever considered like, why? Right? Like when I'm making all of this money, when I'm making this like perfect income, what am I going to allocate that those dollars to? Am I just going to buy more shit on Amazon? <laughs> right? Or am I not? What do I want to do with this money when I have it? So another question to consider like in this perfect world box is like, how will you know when you are financially secure? And if you already are financially secure, if you already consider yourself to be financially secure, but you still believe like people are trying to take your money, your partner's ex is trying to take your money, the kids are trying to take your money. If you already are financially secure, but you're living in this constant fear that you'll lose it. So you don't spend it and you hoard it and you don't enjoy any of it because you have a belief that you'll never make more. These both come from a scarcity mindset. These both come from this place of believing that money is a really hard thing to make and we have to hold on to it super duper 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 tight. Don't let it go. So what might it feel like for you to be able to release and grow out of this scarcity mindset when it comes to finances? And operate from this really peaceful place of abundance. So that's your perfect world. Food for thought. Next box in our chart. What skills and capabilities do you need to develop to get to your perfect world, aka your vision? Do you need to first and foremost heal the relationship that you have with money? everyone has wounding in their relationship to money. And that's why I teach your money story if you or when you sign up for the stepmom story. Because so many of our beliefs about money are so deeply ingrained in us that we have no idea that they're there. So if you're in the stepmom story and you haven't gone through the money story yet, please do so, okay? 
Okay. Other skills and capabilities. You know, do you need to identify where you have limiting beliefs about money? Because like I said, every single person has BS story about stories about money from their parents, from their grandparents, from their cultures, from their neighborhoods, from the kids at school, from TV, right? How often in the media do you see people with lots of money demonized? It's like people with lots of money are taking from everybody. The media feeds us these narratives and we're not even conscious of it. So if we have this subconscious belief that people with a lot of money are terrible people, then we're going to block. <laughs> we're going to be like, oh, I'm actually not going to take any money because people with money are bad people and I'm not a bad person. I don't want to be a bad person. And this all happens subconsciously, like behind the scenes. And so many people are not aware of that. So what are these limiting beliefs? You know, what are these limiting beliefs that you have about money? Do you need to evaluate, you know, where you believe that money comes from in the first place? Because money doesn't come from work, which we talk about in the money story, if you want to know more about that. Do you need to develop the skills and capabilities required to switch occupations? Right? Like Amy's going to med school. Yay, Amy. Do you need to develop the skills or capabilities required to switch occupations? Apply for a new job that pays better. Apply for a job at a different company that's going to pay you closer to what you're worth. You need to develop the skills and capabilities required to grow your business if you're an entrepreneur. You need to, this is a big one, perhaps forgive your spouse for having a life before you. Do you need to grieve this fact that you're most likely living a life you never thought you would live? Do you need to let go of this pain associated with carrying some financial responsibility for your spouse's first life? This is a really gaping wound for a lot of us. Do we need to do you need to spend time there healing that, grieving that, letting go of that, moving through that? Do you feel taken advantage of financially? Like do you contribute way more to your set family? financially then you feel is reasonable do you feel like you're just like the bank account that's can that's floating your partner and your partner's first family if so if you feel resentful about how much money that you are contributing to your set family then how can you develop the skill of setting boundaries around money do you need to develop that skill of setting boundaries around money and last but certainly not least, in our chart, <laughs> train derailed there for a second. Last but not least in our chart is this question that's going to help you change and make some changes. What is it costing you to leave your financial wellness pillar the way that it is? And when you consider this, I want you to consider like what has it cost me in the past What's it costing me right now? And what might this like tally up to? What might this calculate out to in like two years, five years, 10 years? So like, for example, if you could be, if you developed some skills or got another ticket, add another letter to your designation, whatever that looks like, 
and you could be making another 50 or $100,000 or more each year, what does that add up to over five years? That's two hundred and fifty dollars to $500,000 extra over five years. What about over 10 years? And that's just like a moderate increase, right? Because when you change your relationship with money, you'll realize bringing in $100,000 is really not that hard. Does your financial stress affect your physical or emotional health? What is that costing you, right? Are you so stressed about money that you can't show up in this way where you're sharing your gifts with the world to bring in more money? Are you aligned with your career choice? You know, Lisa shared with us yesterday in the group that she just quit her job. What? Say what? But are you aligned with your career choice? Are you doing it just to pay the bills? Because if you're in this place, if you're in this place where you're just showing up to work in order to make enough money to pay the bills and you hate what you do and it's killing you and draining you like nursing did to me, you're in this energetic state where you're not receptive to bringing in more money. You're like pinched off because you have this belief the only way to make money is the way that I'm doing it. And it feels suffocating. And so you pinch yourself off. Money is energy. That's all money is. Money is energy. Money is a tool. So if you're not aligned with your career choice, if you're like, you know what? I've wanted to be an artist my whole life. But here I am in the sciences, right? That was my story for a long time. I wanted to be a writer my whole life. But there I was, sold out to the sciences, working as a nurse, hating every second of it, wishing I could be a writer, still making okay money, hating it. Then I left that and now life's good. It feels different. What else is it costing you, you know, currently, presently, in the past, in the future? Do you and your spouse fight about money a lot? You know, this is like one of the main reasons that couples end up splitting up is because of disagreements about money. There's actually a term called like financial infidelity, where spouses have like secret spending habits that they keep from their other partner. It has the same kind of like pro mental process and betrayal aspect that the infidelity has. That's why it's called financial infidelity, right? So if you're not ha- having honest, open conversations with your spouse about money and you guys are fighting about money all of the time and someone's ashamed of their spending habits, where there's shame, there's usually deception, right? Because we want to protect ourselves. Other people want to protect themselves. It's not personal. But what's the potential consequence of having the money story that you have? What is the potential consequence or cost to your relationship? So keep in mind here, you know, when I ask these questions, these are not the only questions that you could be asking yourself. I'm asking questions purely based on generalizations, purely based on what I've observed over the last handful of years working with stepmoms, right? These are kind of like the common, more common um, grievances with money that I've noticed. And I know that the questions I ask don't apply to everyone. But I do hope that by asking these specific questions, you're beginning to think of your own questions. You're having things come up for you that's like, oh, this is relevant to me. 
right? Like this, oh, this like financial infidelity thing, that's not relevant to me at all. My spouse and I never fight about money, but this is making me think about this other thing. Put that in there. These questions that I ask you are not the only questions to consider. They're meant to get the the juices flowing, to open your mind up, to consider things that maybe you haven't considered when it comes to these domains of wellness. So once you've got this all figured out, I'm going to extend the same invitation as yesterday. I have a question too. Like, was it helpful on the first day I posted um, an example of environmental wellness domain? Like how I would fill that out. Was it helpful for you when I posted that example? Uh, Let me know in the chat if it was. If it wasn't, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, um, there was an example. If you want me to post another example, please let me know in the chat. Love the example. Okay, Laura, sure. I can do another one. Um, Do you guys want it done for financial wellness or do you want it done for the one yesterday? What did we do yesterday? Emotional. Let me know. Um, but same invitation as yesterday, you know, what is, ask yourself this question. What is one thing that you can do today to bring you closer to your vision, to your perfect world vision? Kennedy, do it for emotional. Okay. Done. Consider it done. Um, if I've got time, maybe I'll do one for both, but I definitely will do one for emotional. Um, anyway, once you have it all figured out or have this all filled out, ask yourself, you know, what is this one thing that I can do today to bring you closer to your vision, to your perfect world? Um, and then post those in our community, post a picture of you doing it, you know, any breakthroughs that you're having, any conversations that you can have with each other to support yourselves. And I will be sure to comment along. I'll go post an example. I'll do one right away and post it in the group. And yeah, good luck with your financial considerations. Uh, like another super important domain of wellness. Um, Laura, you say that you notice a lot of overlap between financial and environmental for you. So a lot of the time, people want to blame everything in their lives on their lack of money or their need for more money. So as far as environmental goes, the question isn't like, can I afford a new house? The question isn't, can I afford to move? That's not the question, right? That your your your, circum- your financial circumstances may play a role. They do play a role in your current in your current environment, they do for everyone. But when it comes to like your perfect world vision, imagine you already have all the money in the world. You already have more money than you can spend in a lifetime. A lot of people are probably filling out these like in a perfect world boxes from their current circumstance, right? Like, oh, maybe I'd have one more bathroom because I don't see how I could make enough money to have two more bathrooms in my house. So we like block ourselves from having, we block ourselves from allowing, allowing ourselves to dream because we always are like, okay, but this is what my current circumstance says. 
So fill out your environmental from day one as if you already have all the money in the world, you already have all the time in the world, you have all the support in the world, your spouse is on board. Not like what's currently realistic for me. That's not perfect world. What's currently realistic? That's what's happening now. That's not the, that's not the challenge. In a perfect world, I have t- all the time, all the money, all the support, all the resources, all the know-how. I've already gone to school. I've already done whatever. I've already got this new job. Everything's perfect in my life. Okay, that's what in this. Per- that's why it's called like in a perfect world. So I don't know if that clarifies for you, Laura, because yes, our current finances do play a role in our environment, and they play a role in our emotional health. Right? They're all inter. They're all intertwined. This is why they all work together to create this feeling of wellness. Right? That's why they're all part of the pillars of wellness. You can't entirely separate them, but financial go back. You know, if you're, if you're feeling like this is a lot of information, a lot of you, everyone actually listening to this right now, your, you, your subconscious mind will have like filtered things out to only speak to you in what's currently realistic for you. So go back and watch this a second time. You're going to hear a whole bunch of things that you didn't catch the first time. Go back and listen a third time. You're going to hear even more things you didn't hear the first time because you're going to be listening for different things. Okay. Um, Steph, what you're supposed to do today for your homework, you're going to fill out, you're going to fill out the one, two, three, four boxes, and then come up with your like one tiny step or big, huge step that you can take. That's going to move you toward your perfect world vision. So that might look like, you know, when you figure out this is my perfect world vision, this is how much money I would be making. Da, 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 da. This is my perfect world vision. Here are the skills and capabilities that I need to develop in order to get there. So your one tiny step that you take today realistically should be kind of derived from those skills and capabilities that you have identified. Because you've identified the steps that you need to take in order to create your perfect world vision. So one tiny step that you can take comes from those skills and capabilities to develop. So does that answer your question, Steph? And Laura, does that answer your question? Okay, well... If you need more help, just post in the group and tag me so that I can support you in there. Y'all go ahead, get your homework finished. Um, tag me if you need me. I'll be poking around the group. And then I will see you back here again for day four. Tomorrow is a good one, okay? Tomorrow is probably... Tomorrow's probably what most of you signed up for this challenge, hoping that we would cover the whole entire time. <laughs> um, yeah, so tomorrow is like specifically going to be about like your stepfamily relationships and everything. So make sure you're here tomorrow morning, nine o'clock, Mountain Standard Time, eight Pacific, 10 Central, 11 Eastern. I'll see you bright and early. Um, and I'm so excited to see what your little tiny steps are that you're going to be taking to get you toward that 
financial freedom, financial wellness, financial health, and get this pillar nice and supported for you. So thank you so much for jumping on live. I'll see you all in the group and I'll see you first thing tomorrow morning. Have a great day, ladies. Thanks for jumping on.